morning, afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than a Stand-Up. I'm Brian Lamott. Today, joining me, friends of the pod all, because we're starting a new series on uh, what we call here at SAP Cloud Culture. So to those of you at SAP, happy Cloud Culture Day. I have Agnieszka Janik, Marcus Peter, Dirk Levin, and Robin Bittner. Hello, friends. Hello. So I'm just going to have everybody give a little blurb about who they are and what they do. Ladies first, Agnieszka. Okay, so my name is Agnieszka Janik. I'm based out of Munich, Germany. I'm working at the moment in a team um, called Cultural Initiators and Transformation, which is part of the um, leadership development department. Shall I go next? We stick to that. Okay, perfect. So my name is my name is Dirk Lehmann. Uh, I um, am part of the CI/CD product management, the internal CI/CD product management, bringing the the hyperspace CI/CD platform to our internal teams, hoping to lower down their cognitive load. What we say, I'm uh, normally based in Waldorf, but haven't been there since quite a couple of weeks, I would say. <laughs> Then I go next, Marcus. Um, I'm based in Waldorf as well, like Dirk, but I'm in a different team. Um, my team is called Agile and Cloud Development Competencies. I like the acronym more though, ACDC. Um, that's a team of uh, Agile coaches, which uh, helps others learn about Agile ways of working, way working in the cloud, and also supports them in transforming uh, of their units to a more cloud culture-like Mindset, let's put it that way. <laughs> and hey, everyone, my name is Robin Bittner. I'm based out of the San Francisco Bay Area, and I'm part of the ISBN People and Enablement Operations Group. Our role essentially is to help folks with transformation, uh, specifically around the areas of Agile and Cloud, and working with teams and leaders to adopt various principles, practices, and things that will help them be more effective and efficient in their value delivery. And for those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Brent Lamont, and I am a senior agile coach in the ISBN People and Enablement Operations team. And I do the stuff that Robin just talked about. Okay, so let's go through the, uh, what are the cloud culture principles? They are, there are six. It's earn your customer every day, continual learning and relentless improvement, end-to-end -end ownership and collaboration, data-driven decision-making, ruthless prioritization and empowerment and delegation. So Agnieszka, give me a start. How'd you guys get all of these principles dialed up and put together and get together and all of that? Mm -hmm. So first of all, um, I think we should maybe start with the question, why did we even start talking about this cloud culture or cloud mindset as we originally referred to that? Um, and the reason for that was that we heard a lot of leaders talking about it but unfortunately, they didn't really provide a consistent message on what's behind. They didn't really provide a clear direction on what does this cloud mindset mean. Um, so together with a group of individuals from across the SAP, we joined forces and um, based on external research that we did, what other successful companies um, have talked about in regards to the culture that helps um, the, or that helped them, um, to go through the cloud transformation. Um, also based on the experiences from, from the past that we have made, um, we came up with a set of initial principles. Um, we, had, um, we asked for feedback also across the SAP, um, but basically there was no um, real big changes um, after the original version that we had. 
Um, and yeah, it seemed that it resonated really well, actually. So, so people didn't really comment, no, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense or um, something is not really clear, um, but they, they pick it up and yeah, basically the question was really, how can we really go about it then? So Robin, I'm curious is, you know, because when people hear the, hear the principles, there's a little bit of a, well, doesn't that tie in with Agile or doesn't this, how does this differentiate itself from other principles within SAP as to how we are as, as an organization? You want to give me a little thought on that? Sure. You know, if you step back a little bit and you look at all these different um, guidelines or hints or things that we have around how we go about our work, you'll find that a lot of them are very, very similar. They're just different words for essentially the same thing. And as we talk about those here today, you'll see that, uh, as Agnieszka said, they make a lot of sense. It's just common sense about how to be close to your customer, how to deliver value well, and how to work collectively to do the best possible job to get that value to ultimately the customer as best and quickly as possible. So Marcus, for you, when you're working with teams as a coach, how do you view, you know, how, how do the principles help guide conversations or do they do anything different than when you're say dealing with uh, how we run or, uh, you know, the manifesto, if we want to go agile about this? Well, I think they really help a lot. I mean, uh, if you look at the manifesto, since you mentioned it, I mean, ruthless prioritization, empowerment, delegation, end-to-end -end ownership, they resonate quite well with the manifesto, right? And uh, that's also how, how they help us uh, with coaching people. For example, if you you can only be coached if you want to continually learn. I mean, if, if you don't want to learn, what's the point in getting coached, right? Uh, but in the same point, it's good to remind people that, okay, even there you want to prioritize ruthlessly because you can't change everything in parallel. That would just be too much uh, with, from a systems thinking perspective. You don't know any longer afterwards which change had which effect. So in that sense, they really help a lot. And also, I think they are not really mutually orthogonal. <laughs> right on. So Dirk, you've got some DevOps principles tied in with all of this, wouldn't you think? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think um, when you when you look on the um, on some of the principles, um, I think they you could you could easily match them to to DevOps principles. And it's kind of what what Robin said. I think I see them as 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 the distills the very essence of, of many of the methods that we do. And DevOps is just one of that. Uh, agile principles, it, it looks like as we as we looked into all those methods and, and squeezed out, look, all that, that's the thing in common. That's not how, how we did it. But after looking at the results, it, it perfectly matches to that picture and saying, yeah, look, if you look at end-to-end -end ownership, you 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 end up directly with, with system thinkings, empowerment and delegation, you know, shifting, empowering people, putting responsibilities where the information is. And I, you know, can talk to all of the principles from a DevOps point of view. And then Marcus could step in and talk to all of the principles from an agile point of view. And, you know, you could go on with all the methodologies that, that we do. And I think this is as a foundation, I think that's that's the value that we can always come back to and say, look, this is where why we do this because it's it's all about the customer. Spoiler, it's all about the customer. <laughs> I always like the spoiler alerts. So you know, maybe I should for those for those who are watching at SAP where we do this on a video as well, 
you know, and just flash the spoiler alert. <laughs> I'll ask the question. I mean, we, we kind of talked about how, how they're all linked together. I'm going to start with uh, Robin this time, and it's the what's your favorite principle? Oh, well, I get to pick for it. Oh, okay. I was hoping that maybe the others would have done, and then I could have taken one of my multiple yeah, see, favorites. Yeah, here's uh, the thing. For everybody in the prep, we had one, mo <laughs> one, one moment talking about this, and everyone was like, well, you know, can I go last? Oh, boy. Um, you know, this, this may sound... Uh, this may sound like I'm copying a little bit, but I'd actually like it to be bridging off what Dirk had said. And while I'm um, a fan of data-driven decisions and using that to you know, guide your, your thoughts and your decisions as opposed to simply your gut, which by the way, your gut is really important. You have to take experience into consideration. You can't use data without experience. Um, and then the prioritization also, I think as Marcus had mentioned or Dirk as well, that that's critical. I'm gonna go back with the, what uh, Dirk had said around earning your customer every day. And you know that's why we're here. And if you do that really, really well, and by that I mean that you understand your customers' needs, you take these other principles together and find a way to get them that better value quicker, you're going to find that you're gonna have a higher probability of success, which ultimately is what we're all here as a team to do. It's to provide that value, not only to our external customers who are the ones who pay us, but also our colleagues who are the ones who are supporting that mission as well. So I think it's if we collectively as an organization have that awareness and we make decisions based upon that thought in our mind, uh, we're gonna do well, we're gonna do well. So okay. I'll, I'll, I'll put my stake in that one for now. Right on, Marcus. Yeah, that's, I'm torn a little bit between end-to-end -end ownership and empowerment and delegation, to be honest. So let me- Go with the empowerment and delegation, Marcus, because you know that's the episode you and I did some recording on. So let's talk about it from that perspective. I should take that one, you'll say? Uh, no, your choice. I'm empowering yeah. you to, to make a choice as to which one you want. Okay, just, just for the fun of it, let, let me take end-to-end -end ownership because I think that that's what we're often missing because um, it's it's nice to be empowered and delegated, but the things really start to work well if you feel responsible for what you do uh, mm -hmm. and feel accountable. And uh, if you start thinking that way, then you want to increase your end-to-end -end ownership over time anyway, because then you feel, okay, I can reach even more if I feel more ownership. Uh, and that's also to, going back to what Dirk said. He talks about this from a DevOps perspective. I would say DevOps is nothing but agile thought end-to-end. -end. Uh, so again, I'm with end-to-end -end ownership. <laughs> right on. Okay, Derek. Okay, so I was about to pick end-to-end -end ownership, but Marcus just outlined it perfectly. Um, so I take data-driven data decision-making. And, and the reason for that, um, why I think it's so important is if you've ever seen a team that applied those principles and you see or you hear how they discuss, how they discuss and how they make decisions. It's a complete different game on compared to teams that talk about opinions from various people that just go boldly in and says, well, because of my role, this is the next thing to do, right? And if you have teams that do that by decision, you don't have that. It's it's clear, look, here, here's the data. So that worked, that didn't work as expected. So we're gonna change this. And, and uh, it, it's, really, it's really changing the, the habits and the culture of a team by, by using data for various purposes 
on on judging what's next in the backlog and 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 a lot of other things that that the team did uh, on emotional basis and and gut feelings before but when they have the data it's a complete different game so i really like that principle awesome agnieszka you guys already chose all of my favorite ones. <laughs> but let me then talk to uh, maybe continual learning and relentless improvement because we didn't discuss that one. Um, I like, I mean, I like all of them <laughs> to be clear, um, but I like this one in particular because it applies. Um, so you can, you can look at it at so many different levels. Um, so, Mm, one approach would be, for example, like as Dirk said, you know, using data to make the decision or to make the best um, informed decision based on the data. Um, I think it's also good, you know, to just try something out, see how it works and then adapt rather than spending too much time on the discussion about what is the perfect approach that you want to, um, that you want to take. Um, and I think this one is also um, for me personally, very important is because we shouldn't only look at the products that we build or the services that we provide um, and, and the quality of that. Um, we should also look at how we work and try to continuously um, strive to, to improve that as well. See, and I would, I would do the, they're all principles, so they're equally weighted. But that's not fair because then you're not really giving an answer. And you know, nobody's talked about empowerment and delegation. And I will say, as an individual contributor, I want to be empowered and I want my managers to delegate. So, you know, it could be any of them. There are reasons to talk through all of these as good ideas and why they should be things that we do. You know, we're kind of running out of time, and I'm wondering. We're at time. Is there anything anyone wants to bring up before we say our goodbyes and we wish everyone a happy Cloud Culture Day? I would say, you know, one thing is no matter in which part of the organization you work or which role you have, um, those principles apply. Those principles apply to everybody. Yeah. I would add on don't feel like you have to be an expert before you try stuff. And if you don't try stuff, nothing will never improve. So experiment, give it a go, find out how it works, learn and have fun. Marcus? I think we talk about cloud culture principles here. We still have people who don't work so much in the cloud yet. And I think yes. even for you, they make sense. Yes. Uh, I mean, earning your customer everyday data-driven decision maybe is easier in a cloud context, but they would also be good guiding principles for other delivery modes. Well, and I appreciate that because my view about mm -hmm. Agile and all things within Agile is that it applies to teams. It doesn't have to apply to software teams. And it's the biggest mm -hmm. fallacy is that all things, you know, Scrum and Kanban as an example, they are all things that you can use regardless if you are doing ones and zeros. Speaking of ones and zeros, Derek? Yeah, I would, I would say, see it as a journey. Um, they are not the goals. <clears throat> they are the guiding principles. Um, it's a journey and better start off today than tomorrow. And um, yeah, and, and slowly improve on them. Um, that's, this is, I think, I think my take. So um, see it as a journey. Right on. Okay. Well, I think that's where we're going to wrap this piece up. So thanks everyone for joining me. Until the next iteration, I'm Brent. I'm Agnieszka. I'm Dirk. I'm Marcus. 
And I'm Robin. Until the next iteration, you can give us a five-star. Yes, I did say five-star rating at your podcast provider. You can find us on mail at info at fasterthanastandup.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening, and that was Faster Than a Standup. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.